The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting five to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. Three, two, one, zero. Good afternoon and welcome to season two of the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host, ESPN Network, college basketball analyst and executive director for Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. Join me every Friday at noon Eastern time with guests who are decision makers in both collegiate athletics and the world of professional sports. Joining me today is the Associate Vice President, Director of Athletics for New Jersey Institute of Technology, also known as NGIT. Please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Lenny. Kaplan. Lenny, welcome to the show. Hey, Daryl, how are you? You sound like one busy guy, Daryl, I'll tell you, man. You got a lot of things going on there. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm going to ride it to the wheels fall off, as they say. <laughs> it's, it's always good to be wanted um, when you're you. doing something as well. But thank you for taking the time to out your busy schedule um, to join me this afternoon and um, talk to a little bit about the hiring process, particularly in collegiate athletics and also at NJIT. But before we get started, Lenny, um, I want you to talk briefly about your journey into collegiate athletics and why. Uh, yeah, you know, um, when I studied, you know, athletic administration back at St. John's University, my goal was really not college athletics. It was kind of event management, you know, maybe earning a chance to run Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden, do special events like the U.S. Open. And that was the path I went down. Um, uh, I got involved in a lot of different things. I worked NFL drafts. I worked lifting tennis tournaments. Uh, when I got out of school, I got a job at the National Tennis Center working as the night manager. And then I started working events. I worked for Lipton down in Florida, Volvo Tennis, uh, Pilot Pen Tennis, Sovereign Bank Classic, the PGA Tour, did a stop at Baltus Roll. So I got involved in a lot of things. It was great. And then I was on a, a small hiatus one summer. Um, and my dean uh, from the school, Bernie Begling, phenomenal, phenomenal person, uh, you know, mentor. Um, there are always people you listen to when they say to do something, right? So he was like, hey, I got this job in Manhattan College. You should apply for it. I'm like, dean, you know, I don't want to work in Manhattan College. And I'm a St. John's guy, right? So, you know, working in Manhattan College was really at the time. It was, you know, they were 2-26 and 26 in basketball, you know, uh, not a good reputation uh, as far as a place to work. Um, I'm like, no, nah, not really what I want. I don't want to do ticket manager or whatever. He's like, ah, would you just apply for the job? And if you know Bernie, it came with a few other choice words. Um, and I went and I applied and, and I got hired. Um, and um, I started there doing operation events, which is what I wanted to do. And then um, the ticket thing came and, and we muddled through it the first year. Uh, I kind of liked it. And uh, they did let me do some of my little tournaments on the side. So I got the best of both worlds, right? And um, it worked out really well for a little while, then it just became too much. So I gave up my most of the tournaments um, and I stayed there and I stayed there as the operations guy to an assistant AD for operations. Eventually, I also did business and operations and I did business compliance and operations. It was a small it was a small athletic department. Um, and then after there for 11 years, I, I found this little division two job here at the time at NJIT and 
applied for it, got it. So it was nice to run your own program. Um, and I've been here, you know, 22 years later, I'm still here. So, you know, life, life has been good. It's, uh, we've been able to take NJIT from division two, went to division one and been, had some success and, uh, it's been really good. Yeah. You know, particularly your baseball team last year had a tremendous run in the NCAA tournament and, um, being a New Jersey and myself made me very proud to stick my chest out whenever I went around the country during that time to say, Hey, are you watching college baseball? Do you see NJIT? And, you know, some people was like, where's that at? I say, okay, well, you need to know where that is. That's in New, <laughs> New Jersey. And um, and by the time the College World Series is over with, you know, I heard nothing but great things about the team, the college from my state of New Jersey. But um, let's talk about the hiring process compared to when you came into collegiate athletics mm -hmm. as you and compared to now as you see it. You know, when I got in um, to college athletics, and uh, the first couple of years, you know, there's only one or two places to really post jobs, right? If you wanted somebody in college athletics, there was no internet, right? You had, a, you had a, the NSA News had a job market. Yeah, you're right? kind, of, kind of telling your age a little bit. You know? <laughs> and I have a computer when I started this business or a phone uh, or a beeper for that matter. Um, but, uh, you know, you, 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 the, the NSA News came out once a week. And within the NSA News, there was something called the NSA Marketplace. And within, say, Marketplace, that's where you advertise all your jobs, right? And that's where we advertise. And, you know, there was a little bit of word of mouth. You're always getting calls from coaches, uh, people you know in the industry. And that's why the more contacts you had, the better it was. Your pool of people were bigger because you knew people at other schools. And um, that's what you relied a lot on, for, you know, for people, for interviews, for, for resumes. Like, hey, you know, have this guy call me. Now... Um, it's a little different, you know, something happens now, everything is very public. You know, I tell the story that we got rid of a coach on a Saturday night. Uh, it was a verbal, I, I, I met him someplace. I said, you know, we're not going to continue. He was great. You know, he understood. And by Monday morning, it was, you know, my former, by Monday morning at 6am, there was a guy waiting outside my office. I get a call from security asking if I'm coming in that day. This is a guy out there at 6am waiting to meet me, right. For a job. So in athletics, things are very public, especially on the coaching side, right? Not so much the staff side, not so much administration, but definitely on the coaching side. And you get, you know, um, another quick story is Jim Engels was rumored to take the Columbia job, uh, you know, six years ago, I guess it is at this point. And I was down at the Final Four and Jim was actually flying down to the Final Four. We were supposed to meet for lunch where I assume he would tell me that he was, you know, going to take the job. Um, and I think the rumor came out from John Rothstein and not six minutes later, I got my first resume, six minutes, six minutes. <laughs> and for a division one basketball job, you know, you get 200 resumes, like you gotta be able to sort through them a little bit, you know, um, and depends what you're looking for. And, and, and that's how you do it. So things have changed because there's a lot more information out there. There's a lot more people that apply for the jobs than ever before. Right. Um, and it moves a lot faster. Like you just saw in football uh, Saturday, I guess they announced, or maybe last week, the the football coach at Florida was leaving, right? Mm -hmm. They have an agreement with a guy today. Right. Uh, the guy from Louisiana is going to take over. Um, Lincoln Riley was asked the other day if he's going to LSU. He said, nope, I'm not going to LSU. They just got the wrong letters, right? Because today he's going to USD. So right. you know, happens really fast. Happens really, really fast. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's talk about – you know, stay with the hiring process mm -hmm. in terms of you talked about hiring a basketball coach with Coach 
Ingalls, who I know personally um, as well. But you're correct. You know, on the basketball side, me being a former college coach, you know, if somebody tells somebody right now that they're taking another job, you know, five minutes later, you know, the AD is probably getting a call or a resume. It spreads very quickly. On the administrative side, me having served on that as well, it's a little bit different. It's not as it doesn't spread as fast. Um, it's a little bit different. And I guess, you know, being on the on the basketball side of you got all these blogs um, that's, that's called particularly hoop dirt on the basketball side for both women. That's probably the gospel of that as well. But let's talk about the hiring process at NGIT. And you can talk about the differences when you hire a head coach, as you mentioned, um, when, when Coach Ingle was rumored to be leaving and subsequently he did end up leaving as opposed to administrator. Well, listen, for both positions, you need to interview as a state school here. You need, you know, I'm not on that other level, right? Like I'm not a power five <laughs> level. I just you know, call a guy and get it done. So you need to interview a number of different people and you got to do some research and there's a process to go through. Uh, when you're looking for a coach, um, there are obviously rules. You, you know, you can't, you can't just call everybody like you used to, right? Like human resources now is very involved and rules you have to follow. But there are plenty of people in the industry that you can call. And when it's a head coach, you see what he's like, right? Like you look at video, see what he's like on the court. Is he talking to kids? Is he ripping their heads off? Is he grabbing them by the neck when they come off the court, right? Like there's a lot of things that go on. Um, where has he been? What's his uh, pedigree, right? As an assistant, as a head coach. Um, just because you have success in one place does not mean you will have success here. Uh, I interviewed somebody many years ago we thought would be a good fit. And then by the time we got a little deeper in the interview process, he talked his way out of a job because he clearly didn't understand where he was and he was coming from to what it's like to be at NJIT, right? You know, it's a different, you know, we're one of 34 STEM institutions in the country, very competitively academic. We are very competitive academically and there's not a lot of places to hide kids, right? Like you're not, there are no you know simple majors here, right? We have kids on basketball that are electrical engineering majors, and chemies and computer scientists and um and we're proud of that right so you know we are a stem school our largest major here is with our majors here are within the school of engineering and so when you're hiring somebody you really got to make sure they understand you know that the name of this podcast is the right fit right and you hear that a lot in hiring you have to find the right fit for your university and your institution and not everybody's is the same and there's no, no right or wrong answer from when you go from place to place either, right? There's no magic pill. That's why we get it wrong all the time. We get it right a lot. There's plenty <laughs> of people get it wrong a lot, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you, you really have to sit and you have to look back and, you know, watch their press conferences, you know, um, in some cases. Um, the bigger places where they come from, you get to hire some head coaches. You know, are they blaming everybody for everything else going wrong in the press conference? You know, what, what is it they, they whine about in the newspapers when they get interviewed? Um, and you really got to dig down a little bit, right? And um, and that's what makes it, you know, for coaches, you know, it's a little bit of word of mouth. You still have to know somebody to call that knows this person personally. You're entrusting the lives of 17 to 22-year-old kids with this person, right? That's going to mold these young men, young women, um, and be a big part of their, their whole life moving forward, right? And you got to make sure you have the right person. Right. You, know, you have to make sure you have the right person. Administratively, it's a little harder because there are no, it's not public, right? It's, it's again, it's about knowing the right people. So depending how you design your job that's open and what you want to accomplish, that'll dictate where you go. And here we change, you know, the meaning of our jobs almost every day because thing, new things happen, 
right? Like years ago, you didn't need a graphics person, you need a video person. What the hell was the graphics of video? Now every team has a, uh, you know, walk-up music and an opening video and things like that. You need all that stuff in-house so you're not overpaying for it. And you have to figure out how to get more out of them. And administratively, you want people that have come from a good culture program with a lot of experience that are not going to, you know, in some cases, not complain about not having everything. You know, we're not a power five school. We're not a limited resource. We're not limited resource by any stretch. But we're certainly not printing cash downstairs like some of the, the, the big guys are. Right. Staffs are small and you got to make the best use out of your time. So it's about a lot of it is, you know, you, you identify people, you get 100 resumes, you narrow it down to 20, maybe to 10. You make some phone calls and you identify those three to five people you want to bring in and then you really start plugging away. And then you still have to check uh, references a lot. Well, you just gave a whole slow that's right you know is it but it's good that they know it's an extensive process one of the things you mentioned about complaining which leads me to the do's and don'ts mm -hmm. of interviewing you know talk about some of the do's and don'ts that you have experienced or would like to recommend um, to anyone that may be watching this podcast you know i i would recommend dressing for an interview right dress to impress right you know you're not in the club yet you want to be in the club right <laughs> Don't show up to an interview in flip-flops, which has happened. I don't care where it is. If you're meeting someone at a coffee shop at a convention, unless you prearrange, hey, I'm coming from wherever, show up like you're, you know, you're ready to be interviewed, right? Not every place is a jacket and tie. You can get a golf shirt, but don't show up in shorts and a flip-flop with a towel. Like, you know, um, if you are thinking you want to interview, so you're at a convention and you think you're interviewed, be careful how you act, right? If you're looking for a job, don't act like there's there's nothing to lose because people see your actions, right? You meet people, you meet people in a bar. Are they drunk? Are they not drunk? You know, are they obnoxious? Is every other word out of the mouth a four letter word, right? I mean, these are things that the little subtle things that you pick up when you meet people at all of these places, um, when you're interviewed, when, when you're just, um, you know, even if you go out to this, if I'm going out with a friend of mine and somebody comes over to say, hello, you know, you don't know that you're not, you're, you're always interviewing. Right. You know, we are in this industry. There's always someone always has a job open and somebody yeah. else always knows somebody who has a job open. <laughs> so if someone says, to me, oh, you ever meet this guy? If my only impression from you is you were out at the bar, you know, down in, you know, tequila shots and being drunk, that's a problem. Right. You know, then it's better. I don't say anything. Right. Um, you know, be prepared for an interview. No way you're interviewing. I interviewed a young man. That, that literally took like, you know, the playbook of, of how to interview, right? Like, which doesn't always make sense. So again, when Jim Engels' position was open, a friend of mine who's an agent says, I have this great young coach, I want you to answer. Okay, great, no problem. So he comes, um, I interview, we, we find a nice quiet hotel, it was at the Final Force, so we were, you know, I was away from like all the crazy action, right? Um, I interview him, we, we find a nice room at, at my hotel, which is off the beaten path. And um, he starts talking about, you know, changing the culture and, and doing all these things and, you know, putting in a process. And, and finally, I said, well, you know, it, 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 there's a whole lot of stuff. So let me ask you a question. I said, I just won 20 games two years in a row. I've made the, C the semifinals of the CIT two years in a row. My team GPA is a 3.2. What exactly is wrong with my culture? Why does anything need change? Right. Like you got to know, don't just everybody has the playbook of here what they want to do. Right. They all come in a notebook. 
right? Your offensive plays, your defense. I don't need all of that stuff, right? Like, you can talk me through. I don't need to see all of that, right? Um, but know where you're interviewing. Don't, don't expect to come here. I, I had a coach talk his way out of a job when he had a, you know, practice from, you know, two to four because that's the optimal practice time. Well, I can't get all your I can't promise you you're going to have all your kids from two to four. That's not the way my school works academically, right? So you have to really, um, you know, do your homework and make sure that you, you do your background and do your homework. You know, right now, D1 Ticker does a great job in putting a dossier together for ADs for certain jobs, okay? But, there are, you know, it doesn't take much these days to look stuff up. Back in the day, though, pre, pre-Google, right, you actually had to know stuff. You had to know stuff. You had to know right. Right, you had to get to the library. Right, case anymore. Google. Yeah. Right, you know, just Google my name, Google my school, and everything will come up. There's athletics. Everything comes up. Like, you got to know those things, and 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 when you're speaking, like speaking the present of what you're going to do, like what what are you going to do to make this better, right? Like, what do what what do you think you have to step in and take care of? And um, that's probably the biggest thing. Biggest thing is, you know, do your homework and come prepared. There's too many people who come in that don't, they haven't done their homework or are really not prepared. And and that's a great thing that you mentioned. A lot of them don't do your homework, particularly that individual that interviewed with you. He was talking about changing the culture. He hadn't done his homework. He didn't understand the culture needed to be changing. You just need to sustain or try to take it to the next level. The culture was fine. But that's a perfect example of someone listening or being told by someone this is what you always speak about instead of doing the research and say hey i can't speak about this the culture is great there high gpa academics you know i need to talk about how i can get us you know to the ncaa's maybe outside of the cits um you know etc etc the funny thing was is we had all our seniors coming back the next year Uh, wow we didn't lose anybody like it wasn't like you know hey i I just lost all my seniors and i got like seven freshmen you know nobody was leaving we didn't lose anybody right so, you know, things that, listen, you have to come in and maybe how are you going to change your style to fit the kids we have so next year is not a lost season? Right. Like how many times do you see people come in, put in what they think is right, and it completely blows up? Well, that's a lot of mistakes when I speak to a lot of young coaches now. and We'll get to the next question in regards to if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. You know, right. if you got a veteran team there, you know, watch film of what the coach did before, particularly if he was successful. You don't mm-hmm. want to change things so drastically just to say i'm the head coach i want to put my system in no you know in, in in the coaching ranks we steal all the time we steal from everybody if somebody already got a blueprint man ride it out <laughs> ride it out until sure, you get working right until you get your players in there and then maybe you can uh, implement some type of change let's, let's talk about trends before we go to the commercial break are there any indice trends you know and there's a lot of things going on and and, and collegiate athletics in the industry that that are trending right now but is there anything specifically if you want to talk about specifically what you do at ngit in regards to you know having your staff or people staying up on trends you know we we don't have enough time to that's a whole other podcast (laughs) but uh just real quick obviously name image and likeness is a big one um the nlrb uh ruling that big time power five football basketball players are employees and not students um we have um, the Constitution, uh, you know, the NSA Constitution, which is getting voted on. Um, and it's going to get blown up and then retweaked. Um, and then realignment are probably the four big ones I can come off the top of my head. You know, realignment is not going to stop. Um, it shows you you're looking at now how it affected uh, from the SEC, 
taking Texas and Oklahoma all the way down to, you know, the, you know, potentially, you know, these smaller schools, you know, uh, everybody at the summit, the horizon, Ohio Valley, the Southland, it's, it's just, ching, 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 ching. it's, it's, it's a domino well, effect. That well, you can speak to the fact every, that every conference, right. You can speak to the fact that you left the Atlantic sun to go into, um, the American East, you know, talk a little bit about that and why was that particularly done? And I heard some rumors that you know might be some realignment. There's always a possibility of realignment because well, schools are moving, whether it's football, non-football. Talk a little bit about that. Well, let me just say this real quick: that you know, when I was an independent, I was the last Division One independent in America um, at the time when the last major realignment came through. Right? I think it was at the 32 conferences. I think 30 of them, 30 of them had movement in or out one way or the other that's insane okay um and where we are now so you know listen i, I was in the ace i was independent and five years ago when northern uh, seven years ago at this point when northern kentucky left the ace on there was an opening and we applied for it we were kind of outside of their footprint but we had some stuff to offer men's basketball was competitive i'm in the new york market easy to get to easy to get to jacksonville orlando nashville or, or all their uh, atlanta where most of their schools were located um and it was a good fit you know we, we we needed a home and they needed us and it was a great great marriage and then covid came and there was a lot of hesitation of people flying and to get up here you kind of have to fly right you know you're not driving from fort myers from nashville to new york it's not that quick of a trip right you know um and so the Amerigis at the time was looking to get to 10 to go into divisions with a lot of their sports and so we were obviously a natural fit because geographically we're right there um and university alignment which is what is overlooked a lot as well as geography when they're doing this realignment stuff uh covid put a new focus on geography and realignment okay everybody then had to figure out how to bust everybody right nobody wanted to fly anyplace um and for the Americas, we fit right in their footprint and we are a, a research university. We're a Carnegie R1, which is what eight of the nine existing members were at the time. We're somewhere in the Carnegie R1, R2, right? The only one that wasn't was Hartford, which was a nationally ranked um, uh, non-research institution. So, you know, academically we fit. And when you look at, I believe, many, many conferences what keeps them together as a unit is many times their university uh, likeness, that, that, that they are like each other, right? When you look at the MAC, you look at the MAAC, the Metro Atlantic here, right? Those are all private Catholic uh, liberal arts schools. That, that's why they go well together. That's why there's not a lot of communism going, right? When you mix state and private and large and small, research, non -research everyone has different ideas, right? You know, there's a lot of different things that, that uh, come to that. So. You know, I think that for us, the America East was, they'd reached out. Um, I was very above board with the Atlantic Sun. I was very above board with the America East. Um, we kept it quiet for a long time till the day before all the votes. Um, so that was a miracle in its own right. Um, and basically because we didn't tell anybody anything. Like I didn't, my coaches didn't know what was going on. I had three staff members that knew what was going on. You know, and that's how you keep it under wraps, right? And that's the key. And we were able to get a lot done. And I could not have got it done without the help of the people in the ASUN. The commissioner and, and the, the board of presidents were great in helping us make sure we can get out, like allowing us out of the contract. It was originally a seven-year contract. We were in year five. 
um, and they helped us uh, with the buyout and then getting into the America East. Uh, they were more than welcoming, and it worked out really, really well. So well, I, I guess uh, you could say that was the absolute right fit. Hundred <laughs> percent. Henceforth, why we here? The right fit. <laughs> Absolutely, but Linda, let's take a a, a commercial yeah. break, and then we can come back and continue to talk about the hiring process and collegiate athletics, and learn a little bit more about you and New Jersey Institute of Technology. You here watching the right fit? We'll be back. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. And today we're sitting with um, Associate Vice President, Director of Athletics for New Jersey Institute of Technology, also known as NJIT, Mr. Lenny Kaplan. Lenny, let's talk about, and you hit upon it uh, briefly, but let's talk about, I'll just say this, give me three things that someone should do um, to network or navigate in collegiate athletics. Uh, well, first of all, you got to go to your national, you know, you, you got to go to the events where you can um, get to, right? So whether it's the Final Four, if you're paying for it for yourself, you still got to go as a coach, right? You got to participate, whether it's the volleyball Final Four, and then that's where their volleyball coaches convention is, the soccer conventions in January. Like you got to get to the places where the other coaches are, right? And you listen and you glean information. And that's where you make some initial contacts. As far as ADs go, you know, we're around a lot. Right. So when your team is coming to a place, take a tour of the facility, you know, set up some time with the assistant AD. Right. Like there's plenty of time to go out and meet people, you know. And, you know, I tell my staff here all the time that, you know, if I'm at an event and you're there with me and you see me talking to something, feel free to come up and say hello. Right. Like I'll introduce you. I'll be glad to make a connection. <laughs> you know, this isn't um, there, there are places that you know, uh, and events where when you have a job, you know, you, you'll never see the AD, like like a Final Four. Like being a, a AD at the Final Four when you have a basketball job open is insane. I didn't know so many people knew my name. It was <laughs> it was out of control. Oh, yeah. Um, you, they'll know your name real quick. And that's, uh, you know, you don't know how many people like know who you are, right? And then, oh, hey, Mr. Kaplan, hey, how are you? You know, it's, it's my kids thought it was funny after a while, right? I had my kids at the Final Four in Houston. Last time I had a job open, I'm getting calls from people. It's, you know, this guy is representing the governor here and this person is speaking here. It was insane. Well, your kids found out how popular you are. Yeah. <laughs> popular is not a great thing. Um, but, you know, that's the biggest thing you do. It's about getting out and meeting people, right? It's about being personable, right? So I do, I purposely take part. A lot of these, um, uh, College AD does one. Um, a few other people do it at the Final Four, uh, where you get and meet assistant coaches, right? And you do these like mini uh, speed dating things. I do it all the time, right? 
I never know, and this goes for any sport, when your coach is going to be well enough to leave, when I'll be looking for a coach, when I'm making a change. I don't have it in my head. I, you know, things happen through the course of a year. I never go into a year saying, hey, this is it. Like, it's, it's definitely over this year, right? But you still have to have enough people out there to call and have a conversation with, right? You know, um, whether the job is good for them or they may know somebody who has a job. Like, you never know who knows who. Right. It's it's that it's a giant game of like, you know, connect for like a giant crossword puzzle. Somebody's crisscross somebody someplace. Right. Especially in this business. Absolutely. Okay? And, uh, you know, as, as coaches meet other coaches, you know, you meet other administrators. Right. And that's how people crisscross. You know, I know people at, uh, you know, my staff makes fun of me sometimes because I do know people at some of the power five schools. Right. Now, how do I know this person at this power fight, this football guy? Like, where would we have crisscrossed? We crisscrossed because we have people that are friends in common. That would be the work for them or work for me. Right? I have people that work at 30 different colleges across the country at this point. Right? You never know who's running into somebody someplace. As they say, it's not who you know. It's who you know and who they know. Right, exactly. This is, is most exactly. important, um, right. you know, as well. But let's talk about this word that everybody kind of kind of fears a little bit and that the NCAA and we're experiencing right now across all sports and all of this amateur sports and pro sports change. Let's talk Let's about go. change. Let's talk about some of the changes you see coming that might become standard um, in regards to, you know, I know the NCAA is trying to do a complete overhaul, so to speak. And you know, you served on, you know, several committees and talk about some of the changes that the coaches and any administrator needs to know uh, that potentially can um, help them in terms of getting hired in a particular area in collegiate athletics or a particular athletic department. Um, you know, talk about some of that, if you will. I, I don't know if there's something out there that you really need to know, but you got to know what's out there and keep abreast of what's happening. OK, um, everything from DEI and gender equity. You know, so the NSA just did this whole equity review that started with basketball, right? Men's and women's tournaments. And it's now trickled down to every other tournament, right? Every other sport. They offer 90, 90 championships. Every championship is getting reviewed, right? And that is going to be a financial component to make all that possible. So there's going to be some changes in the financial aspect of it. There's things that um, the transfer portal, right? Like, you know... <laughs> There's something that changes happen. Nobody likes it. Um, I don't know that it's always fair to the kids because a lot of kids enter the portal and have nowhere to go, right? Um, but because there's a transfer portal, how does that affect all this APR stuff that we're talking about? How do we keep the kids in school, right? The kids are jumping from place to place to place. I saw I was watching a basketball game on TV, and the kids on his third school, third school, um, and the funny thing was he actually originally committed to us and he's been in a top seven basketball league ever since. Like he never came here, right? We let him out of his NLI, right? Let him out of his commitment, went to school. Number one was there for a year. Then went to school. Number two finished there. And now he's at school. Number three, like these kids are just jumping around. And the jump. Well, well, we, we, we talked about trends. Well, welcome to the trends yeah. as, as you know, when I was coaching and, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on was our graduation rate. You know, Division mm -hmm. One is APR. You know, D two is the, was the AS uh, academic success rate yep. um, and the retention. You mentioned about how you're going to maintain the APR. That's something that the NCAA is going to have to reexamine 
in regards to uh, due to the Trump report. Um, the inability, the, the the not inability, but the fact that the kids don't have to sit out is making them more jumpy, right? They're not playing here. We we had a young man here that that could have been one of the all-time greats for us, right? Stayed here for two years. Somebody got in his ear because he said, no, you want to play closer to home in a bigger school, right? He got no offers, no offers to play closer to home, right? And we got calls from a lot of schools, but nobody made him an offer. Wound up three time zones away in a place sat out my understanding is he was miserable so much so he used to come back here and watch games when he was back in the northeast right uh his senior year didn't play a lot right he got lucky he got lucky because of his the way he was able to finish school right because he sat out and then the covid year he was able to catch up a little bit he graduated early and wound up what an opportunity to play closer to home is like a fifth year kid, you know, but that, that wasn't what, you know, he intended to do the whole time, you know, too many people, basketball is the worst of it, but it, it, even in other sports that exist where too many people are getting in kids ears, say, Hey, you don't want to play there. You could be better here. Yeah. And that's, that's been the thing, particularly with the transfer portal. And plus now with the NCAA passing, you get a one-time transfer exception, like division two, is doing now now you know it becomes a kind of like a revolving door and you know unfortunately as i tell a lot of administrators you know that apr or you know whatever you <laughs> took pride in could take a hit at some point in time yeah could take a hit at some point in time lydia i always do this with all my my guests it's word association i'll say a word or name a place or something and you say the first thing come to mind i'm, I'm sure you're going to be able to handle it um, you know, as well. So I'll, I'll give you four. Um, New Jersey Institute of Technology. Great academic institution. New York. Best place to live. <laughs> I knew I'm that. Gonna, listen, I'll I tell knew. you this. This is what you don't know about. Are you ready? I have lived, worked, or schooled in all five boroughs of New York City and the two counties of Long Island. I have never left. Wow. Why are you? You got everything you need. Absolutely. Family. It is the backbone of everything you do, right? You do everything for family and you should never lose sight of that. And finally, collegiate athletics. Greatest industry in the world. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Lenny, thank you so much for taking the time. And I want to thank the viewers for looking in as well as listening on all our podcast networks as well. Um, join me next Friday with another exciting guest talking about the hiring process in both collegiate athletics and pro sports. Until then, I am Daryl Jacobs. Please stay healthy and safe. Take care, and I will see you soon. <laughs>